Hi everyone, welcome to the AI of Mankind show, where I share anything interesting about mankind. I'm your host for this season. My name is Andrew Liu. I've worked across four continents and 12 international cities. Also, I've worked in tech startups across a range of roles from selling products, making customer happy, figuring out fundraising, making finance tick, building teams, and developing sticky products. Apart from building startups, I've also worked in Fortune 500 companies as a chief data scientist or technologist or people leader. You can call me jack of all trades or master of learning. I hope to make this podcast show a great learning experience for us. In each season, there is a series of interesting things where I invite guests to share their views about their life and interests. Now let the show begin. In part one of our engaging podcast with Tamir S.H. Glass, co-founder and CTO of Strive Math, we were captivated by his journey of transforming education for kids. Tamir's passion for making learning joyful and meaningful ignited our curiosity and left us eager to learn more. As we transition into part two of this thought-provoking conversation with Tamir, get ready to explore the evolving role of teachers in the age of AI and the urgent need for a revolution in education. Tamir challenges the traditional approach to education and emphasizes the importance of equipping children with the skills to learn and adapt to the challenges of the future. Tamir's insights will shed light on the significance of coding and math as fundamental subjects and the need to make learning fun and creative for every child. Stay tuned for another captivating episode with Tamir SH Glass as we explore the exciting potential of joyful learning and its profound impact on shaping the future of education for young minds. Get ready to embrace the possibilities of coding education and holistic development as we continue this journey of education transformation. Really what the role of the teacher is, and this is becoming especially evident with AI and ChatGPT, is not to have all the knowledge. The role of the teacher is to guide the social process of learning. It's to motivate the student. It's to encourage the student. It's to enable the student to answer problems on their own and find information on their own not to give the student the information. And so a huge part of what we then look at when we're looking at teachers is how well can they emotionally engage with the student? Can they empathize with them? Can they understand them? Can they speak to their level? Are they patient? That's like the, one of the most important. Okay, along that line, yes, I totally align with you. Is That's probably the new way. However, if you think about it, in the good old, very good old days, my parents or even your parents and grandparents, school was born... It's almost as a social construct to enable, let's say, I don't remember the Henry Ford thing where they make the cars and they have to go in the line of assembly. So at that time, those schools, even Harvard, like where this monastery was taught to teach people how to do things step by step. So it's like you said, it's a monologue. It's like a water pile into a glass and it's very one way. And their job is to like, do you know how to put a nuts and bolts in your car and get it going? And the modern new world where Information are so plentiful. And also the good old days is economy of skill, right? I have one teacher. I have 40 students. I just teach whether or not the kids absorb as long as they pass on grade one to the next grade. The whole system seems to work. But today, apparently, the kind of jobs that we are seeing, the kind of skills and the business requirements for kids with skills is in one vast varsity. Just a classical one, I say I was in a bank or even an airline company. There are like 20, 30 software systems and every system, some system will be using 
Python subsystem using JavaScript, subsystem systems using C++, and they have different workflow systems of different functions. And so this requires different skill sets, and these things are not found in schools, right? And so coming back to this, what is your view on that digital transformation for kids to learn? You think it's the new dawn of age, where that's why you guys came out to do this? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head in that the schooling system was originally designed for the Industrial Revolution in order to create a large amount of factory workers, skilled factory workers that were able to assemble cars or participate in the Industrial Revolution. And that model has evolved ultimately to the 21st century, but we need to rethink it from first principles today, not based off of what it was originally designed for a hundred years ago. And the biggest aspect is that when it was designed, the jobs that kids were doing were well-defined. So when a kid started grade one, we knew pretty well, hey, they're likely to be a mechanic or an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor. That knowledge is well-established and isn't going to change. So when they finish grade 12, after the, the 18 years of school, what they started with, they would have a solid foundation to then pursue these well-known subjects. What's happening today is every five years, jobs are becoming obsolete, changing, adapting. And that rate is only increasing because of the exponential nature of, of technological change. So it means that when a kid starts school in grade one, we have absolutely no idea what jobs they're going to be doing by the time they graduate. Those jobs don't even exist yet. So trying to teach kids a syllabus that is highly structured, highly prescriptive is a waste of time. Um, and that's where it comes back to what I was speaking about in the LinkedIn post. The most important skill that we can then give kids is how to adapt, is how to learn, because they need to be in the position that they can adapt to their job being replaced when they come out of school. They need to be in a position that they can train themselves on a new job that just came out. That is the reality that we're going to be moving towards. And so that's what kids need to be able to do. And, and therefore, when we need to be able to equip them in schooling. Like you really rightly put it so in the new DNH, all this knowledge that they put in school will be obsolete by the time they came out to do a company or get a job, which things are moving so fast. However, like as we've seen, I mean, the current government in all nations, they're still having this, let's have a primary school, a secondary school, a grammar school, and all sorts of schools. And it is still in a very structured, like a one teacher to 40 students. And when we, the technologist was trying to tell these educators or government policy, can you change? Why do you think they are not changing as dramatic as we want to? It's a Brilliant question. And, and honestly, the answer to this question, if you can figure it out, I think you, you'll become a, a billionaire or a trillionaire because that is the big question that we need to be able to answer of how do we actually transition? Because it isn't as simple, right? It's not as simple as just saying we need to change the syllabus, we need to change all this stuff. There are so many existing institutions that were based on our entire university system, the way we um, assess for jobs. Everything around our society is built around this and we need a very nuanced approach on how to change it. Okay, how, why haven't governments adapted yet? One reason is that it's the system that they grew up in, right? So the education ministers and the people in charge are basing their thinking off of incremental improvements to the system that they were raised in. But what is really needed is a complete redesign from first principles, 
not incremental changes to an outdated system. And so it's just, I think, a matter of timing before existing ministers start to see this or people from younger generations become these ministers who are thinking this way. I totally align with you and like you put it very well in that they came from the system. So it's a very classical situation when you I talk to politicians on about education systems or even about labor markets. And so the some of the common thing that they always like to say is, why fix a system that is not broken? Because they came from the system that yeah. served them well. Yeah, and so they can't see that, hey, things are very different now. Because now when you're a minister, you're making say, the top quantile of the society in any country. They won't see the dynamic struggles and undercurrent that the kids, by the time they came out, oh, why am I still not getting a job? Or why do I have to relearn in a new job and the learning curve is so steep that we are seeing a rise of mental health issues among the young people. And the most common thing that they are saying is I'm burnout, I'm learning a lot and I'm having a headache because the dramatic mindset of learning in the so-called old incremental system and the new system that is required, that's a huge paradigm shift. And the reason why I'm asking this is because, I mean, in classically in Singapore, we, that's a phenomenon, right? We call it the, the tuition market. In yeah. South, we also have called the tuition market. And the way the parents would get the kids to do is to, oh, you have to get, let's say, for math, like 99 out of 100 so that you can go into, let's say in Singapore, like National University of Singapore or in Korea is Korea University, which is the top echelon. And so by doing that, he, they are able to get a job. Whether or not they can learn the skills is a problem. And so when you think about that, because we, we are not able to, how do we actually educate or shout out to parents listening to this podcast that, hey, we can't be following the Jones. Yeah, let's go into the top university. And then my kid, my job is done as a parent. And if they get into, let's say, Google or Microsoft or bank, but there's this phenomenon of this mental Ill illnesses coming up because of that huge gap in the paradigm shift. How can we... Or how do you think that, what is your view on that? It's a problem where I just have so much empathy, parents that are going through this. It's, it's such a hard problem because you have such a momentum behind this test prep system. You have such a competitive environment that parents are so afraid of their kids falling behind their peers. And even if they're aware, if you're aware as a parent of all of these problems we, we've spoken about previously, Two things are still true. One, it doesn't exist a good enough alternative outside of the existing school system that addresses all of these problems. There isn't a comprehensive schooling system yet and one that addresses all of the needs of a kid that is alternative to the existing system. Um, you'll have little homeschooling things here or there, but they'll have their issues. Like we're in the process of discovering what is the, the right alternative. Existing school systems have had a hundred years to get pretty good at doing what they're doing. And the other one is that the, the society is not adapted to these new schooling systems. The society is adapted towards, okay, the top marks in math are going to get into the top university. The top, the students in the top universities are going to get the top jobs at Google. So if you're sitting at a pair, uh, like as a parent, it still makes the most sense to be like, no, I need my, even if I know that them doing this test is going to have absolutely zero relevance on the rest of their life. It's still the best decision I can make for my kid to secure their future because there aren't compelling enough alternatives yet. 
Right. There, there isn't a, a lot of compelling. Author. Is, is that the reason that prompted you and your co-founder to look at this to say, hey, we are going to create a very compelling paradigm shift that the parents, let's say they know they are going to follow the Jones, right? Everybody is just going to send my kids. I have so many co-workers sending three or four subjects, tutor to one kid. And hey, you're going to look at Stride Map or just a different way of slowly changing that paradigm. What's your view yeah. on well, sure, that was definitely the intention, right? To start giving parents and kids an alternative to, to what exists, or at least a more, less so of an alternative. We look at Strive as more of a complementary to the system. I think we need to, the way we'll transition from one system to another is through incremental change, not through a, let's throw the baby out with the bathwater. So this is an after-school program, which is then focusing on more holistic development of their kid as opposed to academic performance. But it really is still one small piece in the grander scheme of things that need to change when it comes to education. That from emotional intelligence, leadership, assessment, the list is, is massive. But there's certainly a start with coding education, high quality technical education. And the most important thing, which I think is just adaptability and teaching kids the skill of learning how to learn. And that's those, I'd say, are the two things that we really focus on at Strive. In part two of our captivating podcast with Tamir SH Glass, we embark on an eye-opening journey into the future of education and work in the age of AI. Tamir's insights on the profound impact of AI on traditional roles and the indispensable role of coding as a powerful tool left us intrigued and excited for what lies ahead. Now, as we transition into part three of this thought-provoking conversation with Tamir, get ready to explore the AI frontier and its transformative potential. Tamir delves into the profound impact of AI on the education system, job landscape, and the next generation. Discover how AI is reshaping traditional roles and creating exciting opportunities like the prompt engineer. In part three, we'll also delve into the critical need to address ethical concerns surrounding AI and ensure it serves humanity's best interests. Join the conversation as Tamir unveils how coding plays an indispensable role as a powerful tool for learning and problem solving, propelling us towards a future of knowledge and innovation. Stay tuned for another insightful episode with Tamir SH Glass as we continue to explore the dynamic intersection of AI, education, and work. This segment promises to provide you with valuable insights into the exciting potential and ethical considerations of AI in shaping our future. Don't miss out on this empowering conversation that will equip you with a deeper understanding of the AI frontier and its implications for education and work. Hi guys, thanks for listening to this podcast. If this is the first time you are tuning in, remember to subscribe to this show. If you have subscribed to this show and love this episode, please share it with your friends family and acquaintances. See you later and see you soon.